Welcome back. Another week of the Split the Scene podcast. It's a little bit different, a little bit different. Uh, the Syracuse boys are back on the West Coast. Uh, obviously, you'll probably see a clip on Twitter from this podcast. You can see that I certainly am not in the same place at all, and Josh is certainly not in the same place at all. Dom, we're a lot closer to Dom, but Dom's still out at ASU. So I just wanted to, you know, maybe give a little. I will be back in San Diego next weekend, though. Yeah. Or this weekend, actually. So we will have all the, all the, San Diego boys finally back in San Diego, but I, I we're probably not going to do anything. Who knows? I, I don't think we're going to do an in-person person podcast because of Corona. So it'll probably just be like, we're all in San Diego, but we're on Zoom still or, or recording the podcast this way. Anyways, we have a lot of football to get to. Another full slate. We had a lot of interesting games, a couple of upsets, a couple of uh, Hell Mary successes, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, the first game, uh, actually, sorry, I'm, I'm talking like we're pay, making picks on this podcast. Guys, I want to know the game of the week you were looking at, a game you want to highlight. Josh, I'm going to go to you first. What game really uh, caught your eye in Week 10? First game that we're going to highlight off the Week 10 slate was the first game in Week 10, Colts-Titans, just because look at it. One way to chalk this one up, Philip Rivers just flat out outplayed Ryan Tannehill. I mean, there's no other way to really show what happened. Phillip Rivers, 29 of 39 for 308 yards and a touchdown. Tannehill, 15 of 27 for a buck 47 and a touchdown. Tannehill got outplayed, especially in that second half. And that's why the Colts were able to pull ahead in that second half and win that football game. Great game. Great game for the Colts. And I still think that they're going to be able to come out on top and win this division. That game was a huge step towards them winning the AFC South. Yeah, I certainly am looking at not looking too hot with my uh, Titans takes. I, I will say now this week that I, uh, I'm i going to admit defeat on the Titans taking the division here. The Colts will, will definitely win the division. I'm going to reroute to my yeah. beginning and, of the season take. And Leo, you also said on last podcast when Josh and I started off by picking the Colts, all right, cool, I'm going to pick up a game. So <laughs> True. Yeah, that came back think- to bite you. I think I just jinxed myself, honestly. I'm actually I'm sorry, Tennessee Titans organization. The entire reason you lost this game is because I jinxed myself. That's the that's that's we don't even talk about it anymore. I jinxed them. It doesn't matter how they played. It's null and void because of a jinx, right, guys? That's how that works. Sure. Sure. No, okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, I the, guess Colts so. are, the Colts look really good. They they played a very complete game. Uh they're very similar to the Steelers in my mind, in the sense that they have a complete team and their one flaw is going to be their quarterback play from a veteran quarterback. And when he plays at least decently, they're going to win their games. And when he falters and turns the ball over a lot, they're going to lose it. So I think the Colts and the Steelers are very similar teams. It's just the Steelers have a couple more wins, I guess. Uh, Absolutely. I think with both the Colts and Steelers, when they're getting 300-yard games off of about a 75 completion percentage from their quarterbacks, there's a 0% chance that they lose. Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. But that was definitely a good game to highlight. Uh, the, those It was basically probably will come down to decide the division uh, when we get later into the season here. Dom, what game were you looking at in week 10 that you want to highlight on the podcast? Sorry, Josh. I'm going to highlight Bill's Cardinals. Uh, out here in the Valley, a lot of hype around this Cardinals team, and rightfully so. I mean, the Bills, you got to give credit to them. Very, very good comeback drive by Josh Allen. Now it seemed slow. It seemed like a little bit like that drive was going to stall. Josh Allen, beautiful route to his left, hit digs on the dive. That was just beautiful to watch. Uh, the bills, you know, at that point, everyone's like, all right, they're going to win this game. And then Kyler Murray happened 
fully cementing himself into this MVP conversation, especially with the decline of Russell Wilson as he got clipped by the best defense in the NFL. That's not what we're talking about. Kyler Murray dodged a tackle, chucked the ball up while rolling to his left, over 50 yards in DeAndre Hopkins' moss. Not one, not two, but three Buffalo Bills players with one second left in the game. My social media exploded given that, you know, everyone was watching that game on cable that I'm friends with out here. It was just electric. You, you know, you saw two defenses that have struggled over the course of the season, and these two teams have been propelled by their offense. But for the most part, these two defenses stood up to the task all day. And I think that's a very important thing to look at going forward. How are these two defenses going to react and continue to play after they've played pretty well against two really good offenses? Josh, what do you think of that last point? Well, look, the thing about this Bills game that I think is really interesting, obviously everyone's talking about the DeAndre Hopkins catch because that was the play of the year. No question about it. Nothing's going to top that this year. I'm confident in saying that. However, there are two ways you put a lo- put one in the loss column after a football game. You just get completely beat or you end up losing the game off of something like that. The Bills didn't get beat. They played a very good game. They were very capable of winning this game, and they just got unlucky with the best play of the year happening against them. Bills looked pretty good. They were one crazy play away from being 8-2, and two, and I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. And honestly, this is the type of loss where you figure out what a team is made of. Either they're going to be able to put this chip on their shoulder and use that to power through the rest of their schedule, which honestly isn't really that tough. It's not a cakewalk, but it's not tough. And they'll be able to push their way into the postseason, probably win the division. Hopefully Miami's coming up a little bit, which is a little frightening, but they will hopefully be able to put this chip on their shoulder of a tough loss and have that propel them through the end of the regular season and potentially even a playoff run. Josh. That's a horrible pick. (laughs) That's not a great pick. The Knicks just took Obi Toppin. Oh, my God. I don't know how you leave Denny Avdija on the board or however you pronounce it. Uh, but The Knicks nicks themselves again. What's new? Obi's a very good basketball player. In college. He will have – in college. But I think he is capable of – In a lesser lesser conference (laughs) as well. I forgot about that. Obi is capable of having a good career. Not a lot of people have great careers on the Knicks, so that doesn't help him much. But let's wait and see how it plays out. They should have taken Denny. Obi has a lot of talent. Let's see how it pans out. Anyway, yeah, also had a good career chart from the draft. Anthony Bennett. True. That is true. Anyways. Anyway. Get back on football. Much. Back to this Bills game, though. Tough play, tough loss. This is something that you put on your shoulder. You put that chip on your shoulder and have that push you through the rest of the season, or you use that as defeat and that's just hung up in your head the rest of the year. So this is a big fork in the road for this Bills organization. It's really the first major adversity that they've faced this season. Probably the real adversity they've faced the first time since the Houston game, I would say last year. So this is a real fork in the road for the team splits in two ways. Hopefully they take the path toward playoff success and we'll see what happens. Wait, how is, how is losing the chiefs at home? Not adversity. The, the, it's to the chiefs, like, you know, it's, that, it's to the chiefs They They were supposed to lose that game. Like it's really not that surprising. 
I, this is a game that they should have won. They had won. They lost in a really, really deflating, upsetting fashion. And you can either use that to put a chip on your shoulder and motivate you through the rest of the season, or you can just hang your head for the next six weeks. I think it's highly problematic that the Buffalo Bills forgot how to play football for an entire quarter. This game shouldn't have even came down at this point at all. They were up 23. come down to that point at all. 23 and 9. Josh Allen engineered by far the best drive of his career. Let's talk about that because that was right. by far the best drive of Josh Allen. That Allen's was also career. the very first thing. I, I started with that for a reason yes. because it needs to not Let's be. Let's make lost. that really, really right. clear. As someone who's watched every single Josh Allen possession of his career, no doubt that was the best drive of his career. It was just completely unbelievable. He carved up that Arizona defense. It was absolutely fantastic. And then Kyler Murray pulled off a miracle. DeAndre Hopkins made one of the best catches you'll ever see. And it's also important to note that, you know, Leo, you kind of mentioned that the Cardinals offense just like exploded in the third quarter. I mean, the Cardinals, they drove down into the red zone three other times in that game prior to halftime, and they just didn't punch the ball in the end zone, which is something the Bills defense has done very well this year, if I'm not mistaken, Josh. They, they've done very well in red zone defense, right? The Bills red zone defense has been very good in the first half. And for the past few years, just in that third quarter, the Bills tend to give up a lot of points. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I saw a tweet. The Bills point differential in the first half, I believe, is plus 45 or something like that. Their fourth quarter point differential is plus two. Third quarter, it's minus like 40. So they always tend to come out and not play very well in the third quarter. I always tell one of my friends who's a big gambler, I say, always bet against the Bills in the third quarter. It almost always works. I think it's seven and three on the year or something like that. They just aren't a good third quarter team. I don't know what it is. We saw it again in Arizona. It's a problem that the Bills are going to need to fix. They have a bye week to fix it now, but seems to always happen with that red zone defense in the third quarter. Yeah, I just I just found that very problematic because I uh, I thought this game would be over after that Cole Beasley touchdown, and it wasn't. And you know, the better quarterback made a great throw to a elite wide receiver, and won the game. Anyways, that's Bills Cardinals. I'm gonna highlight another NFC West game. Shout out the Dahmer over here. I'm gonna talk about Rams Seattle. Now I don't know if you listened. Uh, whoever, how many, how many of you listened to that deep into the podcast when we finally got to that game? It was an afternoon game next week. Uh, I, I, I was very hesitant to pick against, I, I picked Seattle, but I was very hesitant immediately after picking it. And I really wanted to pick against the Rams. And I said why, and exactly why is what happened. The Rams defense, the Rams defense beat the Seattle offense. That's what needed to happen in this game. Look, Russell Wilson has over five turnovers in the last two games. Now he coughed up two interceptions and a fumble in this game. And it's what hurt them. He had by far his worst performance on the year. And I track it because I obviously have Russell Wilson on a fantasy team. And this is obviously his worst performance by far. The Rams won 23 to 16. I don't think Seattle scored under 25 points at any other point this season besides this game. And uh, this, this is exactly what Dom thought was going to happen. And I should have just stuck with my gut. Uh, the Rams making this division very, very interesting. I believe, are they in, are they currently in first place? Yeah. After t- tied for first place with the Cardinals and the, and the, and the Seahawks. Sorry. Uh, the Cardinals are two and zero in division. So they own that obviously, but uh, 
at the top, it's it's three teams, and then the 49ers are lagging behind at four and six. They need their bye. Whew. Yeah, they need to get healthy for sure. The Niners do need to get healthy. Uh, Dom is – I don't know if we're going to include this on anything, but Dom is sharing a great tweet that he put out that uh, Sean McVay is, in fact, uh, Pete Carroll's daddy, and this game definitely proved it once again. Uh, but, man, yeah, I – I'm just mad that I didn't stick with my gut on that one because right after I said I'm picking Seattle, uh, I I went I should pick the Rams, but I didn't want to go back on my pick because I feel like that's kind of scummy. So I didn't. But Seattle, the, the NFC West is a lot more interesting than we thought it was going to be. Uh, the Niners are probably going to end. They're probably going to end where they are right now based off their injuries, I think, because they're not going to get Kittle back this year. Uh, they're going to play. They still have to play each of these teams at least. I think they have to play every one of these teams at least one more time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Seattle you're talking about? I, no, the uh, Niners. I'm talking about the Niners. Uh, I don't know about the Niners. I know Seattle has all three NFC West opponents yeah. left on their schedule. The 49ers and the Seahawks have each played each team in the division once. And then the Rams haven't faced the Cardinals yet, but they faced the other two teams. And Cardinals in the same way, obviously. But Cardinals, Seahawks this week. There's an yes. We'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk about that a bit. This this division is now very up up for grabs and it'll be very interesting. I I there there is a way that I see one I, there there is a scenario I see each of these three teams winning the NFC West right now. There there is a scenario where that happens and a very likely one for each of them. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, you're going to have people you think will finish higher. Actually, let's let's do this interestingly because we're in this. This is a very interesting spot. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go you first right now. Just off the top of your head, if you had to tell me who you think wins the NFC West right now. Week 11, give me a name. You have to go right now. Leo, that's a really stupid question to ask me. Don't say the Seahawks. No, that's Absolutely not. the Seahawks. Why? What have you okay. seen in the past weeks that makes you think they can win this division? I haven't seen anything in the past two weeks, but I've seen a lot in the past eight weeks prior to that. I've seen a lot in the past few years prior to that. I know Russell Wilson is capable, and I trust him to win the division. All right. Well, so that's his pick. Dom, obviously you – Strongly, I'm not backing uh, down from Seattle. Disagree. I still think they're winning the Super Bowl. Dom, you strongly disagree. Uh, who, who are you picking here? I, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, it's tough. I'm not going to pick the Seahawks, that's for sure. I, I, I'm going to ride with the Cardinals here. I think the Car- I'm just going to give away my pick. I think the Cardinals win on Thursday Night Football against the Seahawks. That's going to put them at 3 0 the division and on top, no matter what the Rams do. And their, their offense is playing too well right now. Their defense, they got healthier this weekend. Uh, against the Bills. Uh, Byron Murphy came back, so that way Kevin Peterson and Devontae Bosby, shout out Devontae Bosby, are not playing cornerback. Uh, it's those two guys playing on the outside. And then Buda Baker. Honestly, you could make an argument right now that Buda Baker is the best safety in the NFL. He I, is I agree. playing like a madman out there. And who would you argue, Josh? I mean, it, there, there are some players you could argue, but you know who I wouldn't argue? You know who I wouldn't argue right now? Not Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams. Not Jamal I Adams. Not, not Jamal. I might give I it a – Buddha's definitely up there. I might give it a Whitehead over it. Ah, the Bucks are not looking great either. I don't know. Whitehead looks pretty good. I would give it I would give it to Buddha. I, I don't know who it is right now, but I will tell you very confidently, in a few years it's going to be that kid on the Bucks. He's fantastic. Blanking on his name right now, but he's really good. Yes, I just – I'm pretty sure I just said his name. No, um, Winfield. Winfield. It's one. Well, that's he what is, I meant. I don't know why I said Whitefield. Sorry. He or is Whitehead. fantastic. It's I totally blanked on him. Anyway, really good. 
anyways, just to finish out this little mini segment, I just improv. I would also, I'm also going to ride the Cardinals, uh, but I've been on, I've been high on the Cardinals all year and we've known that. Uh, Kyler yeah. is probably going to, you know, if, unless Russell like pulls something out of his butt, bro, Kyler's probably going to win MVP. Mahomes. Uh, maybe Mahomes. Shoot. Yeah. I'd say it's, I'd say it's and, and between I, those two guys right now. Aaron Rodgers is also in the mix. I mean, he had a bad week against the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Russell's still in the mix. Right. It's just he he's <laughs> I, I was comparing it to Fernando Tatis Jr. in baseball, and this technically is a baseball podcast, so I can't say this. Fernando Tatis Jr. got off to the great start, was far and away, you know, his heads and shoulders above those guys. And then Kyler's kind of like Freddie Freeman. He's just been really good all year, but hasn't been up to that level of where Russell Wilson is. And then, you know, then you bring in Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of like, you know, Mookie Betts, that guy too. Or maybe I'd say Tom Brady's like Mookie Betts, changed teams, been really good all year too. So it's kind of like that dynamic. And then Russell Wilson, Fernando Tatis Jr., once the season hits, you know, just about the halfway point, beginning of that decline, still really good. You still want him on your team, still winning, still going to make the playoffs. But the MVP, he's kind of, getting out of the – he's definitely not the favorite anymore. you guys agree with that comparison? That's, that's really good. I like that. It's not a bad comparison, but there's still a lot of game left to be played, and I'm fully confident in Russ coming back and winning it, unlike Tatis did. Right, yeah. I mean, but once Tatis hit a slump, it was done. Yeah. We've seen Russell Wilson break out of slumps before, and I'm confident that he'll be able to do it again, and I'm confident he'll be able to start it on Thursday. We'll definitely get into that game later. I don't want to get too much into it now because we will get into it later. But we have – so everyone's picking a bird uh, to, for right now, NFC West. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Keep it interest, Keep it locked to that. Speaking of the two teams we spoke about, uh, they are – one of the reasons why they're so successful is they have uh, – there's a couple of amazing wide receivers between these two bird teams in the NFC West, and that's going to lead us into our next segment here, uh, another top ten list. Uh, this week we're doing wide receivers. We did running backs last week. I'm sure Dom's going to have a little more fun with this one because he actually thinks this position matters it does. Uh, compared to the running can, backs. Can confirm wide receivers do matter. You heard it first here on the split scene podcast. Wide receivers do matter. Uh, hope, I'm hoping for another Dom meltdown, but I don't think he's going to freak out as nearly as much as he did on this about Zeke. Anyways, let's hop right into it. Start out from the top. Uh, Josh, I want to know your number one wide receiver in the NFL. Hit me with it. Especially after this past week, my answer is pretty easy. It's DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sure we're all going to put DeAndre Hopkins at one. He's the best receiver in the league. There's really no way to argue against it. Yeah, I also have DeAndre Hopkins at number one. Uh, Leo, I thought it was very clever how you said, let's hop into it. I'm not sure if that was on purpose, but... I swear, man, <laughs> the, the, the best puns I make, I don't realize I'm making a pun. That's, that's the, the, the unintentional pun is the best pun. Yeah, I just – I don't realize it. I did not try to do that, but, you know, I'm glad it happened. I, I pointed it out. I get some Thank credit you. for it. Yeah, you do. I wouldn't have realized. But, yeah, Hawkins, second in the league in reception yards. He's got four touchdowns on the season. And – Just just curious, who's he behind? We will talk about that guy in a bit. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Probably, he's going to probably be too, way too high on someone's list. That's why. He's not going to be too high on my list. Don't worry. No, I mean, let's be – Josh is biased, but he's not that biased. Uh Anyways, anyways, DeAndre know, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, look, let, let me clear up my bias first before we get into this too much. I don't think I have biased opinions. I just think I talk about my biases a lot more than other people do. 
No, man, you you said a you said a win over mate. What I I don't even know his name. Over over Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges was a marquee win because you're biased. That, it was. We're they not going to the playoff berth for the first time in twenty years. They're able to I, I still it can't on their own. It was for the Bills. It wasn't for Josh Allen. I think there's a difference between those two things. No, he said no because the conversation was Kyler only has one marquee win. It was over Seattle, and Josh was like, Josh Allen has three. And I was like, which games are you talking about? And he said one of them. He said was the Steelers win. So that was a marquee win. But there's seven we, and- we've gotten into this a hundred times. We're not doing it again. Yeah, because yeah, I know I'm right. <laughs> All right, but I also have D Hop at one. Um, I will preface this by saying though, my one and two are really one A one B for me. Uh, I I really I really can't split these guys right now. It's DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, my I'll just jump into my number two. My number two is Julio Jones, the second best athlete in uh, in the in in any pro sport uh, is Julio Jones. The guy's a freak of nature. Uh, he has problems staying healthy, but I mean the guy. You just look at Julio Jones and you know he's the bet like he's uh, raw talent wise outside of catch hands i would say he's the best wide receiver uh he's better a lot of things but deandre hopkins his catch radius is nuts uh he's playing better this year i had to put him one but i really do think julio and hopkins are 1a 1b in my opinion uh you guys can jump in yeah leo when i was when i first started making this list i put deandre hopkins at one right away that was really easy and then i started looking at number two and i'm looking at a bunch of different guys and the name julio jones just kept popping up i'm like there's no way he's older at this point. He's still not producing the way he used to be. And you know what? People don't realize it. He still is. I have him as my number two as well. Julio Jones is still that dude. Yes, he is. Dom, are you, I saw you nodding when I said Julio, are you, are we keeping it perfect here for one and two? Yep. Julio Jones, number two. Uh, I don't think enough needs to be said. Future hall of famer, without a doubt. You're not having the best season of his career. Only 638 yards right now, which I mean, Still is pretty good. He also missed a couple games. Right. He, has he only played seven games. Also, I'm not going to fault him too much for this because of the, the travesty of the Falcons were in the beginning of the season with the chokes and the ownership. I mean, the coaching changes. I mean, you well, got you got to think that wears on a guy a bit too, you know? Yeah, and the thing about it is is that he plays on the offense for the Atlanta Falcons. They're one of the best offenses in the league. So the, the, the Falcons' struggles early on didn't affect his offensive performance. But I – I'd be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't have him in their top two. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, I think it will get interesting now. I, I think at the end of this past season in 2019, you could have kept him outside of your top two, but now with what's happened in the past season, the past couple of weeks to the guy I have at three, I would say Julio overtook him. The only times uh, I'm just this personally, the only times I have ever kept Julio Jones out of my top two is when I've, personally have done a scope of a season on its own and that was the that was the parameters if, if, if it ever went outside of a certain season on its own he was always one or two for me no yeah. matter what I'm gonna jump into my number three here because I kind of let into it a little bit my number three is Michael Thomas he's still incredible he just hasn't been on the field so much this past season I think after last year you would be able to argue that him and D Hop were one two and Julio was the three but Michael Thomas is still fantastic he just hasn't really been on the field so far this season has a lot of issues going on with him. Now he's starting to get back into the game a little bit. Still hasn't really been producing that well when he's been on the field the last two weeks. Maybe there's still some problems with him there. Injury wise. We're not exactly sure what that is. I'm sure he'll get it going soon. 
All right, well, this is where the first differentiates uh, differential makes. Uh, I'm putting DeAndre, De- Devontae Adams at number three here over uh, Michael Thomas. I definitely am on the, the the ship that Michael Thomas is a bit overrated. I'm not going to go the length that other people say that he's a slant runner and all he does is run slants. Slant boy is what they say. Slant boy, which is mostly false, is pretty false if you actually look at Michael and uh, route tree. The guy is not a slant machine. Uh, but I do agree with the idea that Michael Thomas's historic season was partly due to the fact that Drew Brees just threw threw the ball only at him for a very long time uh, that season. So, and I think Devontae Adams. Um, is he's man he's just he just has the ability to like take over games i've seen it so many times he the guy is you know he's been injured this season too he still has this he has nine touchdowns this year 741 yards he leads the league in reception touchdowns yep he and he is he is like over i i I think he is the number the second best red zone actually you don't know he's the best red zone wide receiver i think in nfl i think he's better than d Julio at that I mean, Julio's not one. Let's put Julio's that on one. That that's been that's been the thing that's held him back, which is astounding considering the type of receiver that he is. Yeah, you, <laughs> Very the, astounding. The, the argument is. I between, will say. The arguments between say him and talking, Hopkins. I will say him. if we are going just pure red zone target, who's one of the best? You got to put Mike Evans in that conversation. I I think Mike yes. Evans would be in that conversation as well, but I I think he would be. I would never pick him. It's between D Hop and Devonte Adams, but. Uh, yeah, Devontae Adams is my number three. Uh, I will just get this out of the way. Michael Thomas is my four, so that I don't have to talk about him too much. Uh, I do have Michael Thomas at four. Uh, yeah, and and I have – I'm going to agree with Josh at the three spot. I assume he is Devontae Adams at the four. Uh, no? Okay, never mind. Uh, That's a little criminal. Anyways, so, hey, well, we have we all have different top fours. So, I have Michael Thomas in at the three. You know, I like I've said on previous top ten lists, I also do value – what they've done in previous years. If you're ranking them for just for 2020, Devonte Adams is obviously going to be in front of Michael Thomas, but I do value Michael Thomas in his historic 2019 season. Uh, he's not slant boy. That That's what like, you know, Prescott season nine on Twitter would say, because they want the likes and the retweets from, you know, uh, Burrow, Burrow season, Burrow season 21 on Twitter. So yeah, uh, the, the, the slant boy argument's stupid. I think his most effective route is the 15 yard in route. Uh, yes. I think at Leo, sorry to bring up the sore wounds, but I remember in the 2018 NFC playoff game against the Eagles, it just torched the Eagles on that 20 yard in route. You know, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but I mean, just trying yes. to prove my point two years ago, it's fine. uh, you know, that, that's not the reason you guys lost that game. We don't need nope. to go into that. Uh, but I, I think that Michael Thomas, uh, in some ways, he's overrated, but in a lot of ways, he's really underrated. I think the three spots perfect for him. Devontae Adams, can't wait for him to drop 25-plus points on you in, the, in fantasy. Yeah, no, I'm, he, he can chill. He doesn't have to happen. He, uh, actually, he can just miss the game if he wants. I know he's questionable. It, it is against the Colts, and he's probably going to be going up against Xavier Rhodes, who has gone up against really him a lot. struggled. Yeah, and uh, was Rhodes is- Really good this year. Yeah, Rhodes just needed to change the scenery, man. He's been pretty good for the Colts. Rhodes has been really good this year. I saw a couple plays where he got beat. Maybe I'm going crazy or thinking of someone else, but I could have sworn he got beat a couple times. No, I mean, last year he was the worst corner in the league, but this year he's returned to his form when he was that elite corner in Minnesota. But with Devontae Adams being on the Packers, they faced off against each other a lot. That'll be interesting to see how Devontae Adams plays this week. But like we already mentioned, 
who's been injured this year, only played in seven games, still leads the NFL in reception touchdowns at nine, along with Tyreek Hill and someone else. I forget. Anyways, uh, Devontae Adams in at four. Josh, who you got there? So, first of all, I'm going to give my four and five here because while we were talking about Devontae Adams, I want to say I have him at five. I was very, very close to putting him at four, but the guy I put at four, I put there, it was very close. I put this guy at four for two reasons. One, availability. He's just never really had injury problems in his short career so far, which has been nice for him. And two, he's just more consistent. He's put up 90 plus yards in all but two of his games where he was playing against the two best cover corners in the league, in my opinion. I put DK Metcalf in number four. I think he's just been absolutely balling so far this season. I think he's just a complete freak of nature. It's still mind boggling to me how he fell to the 64th pick in the 2019 draft. DK is fantastic. He's had 90 plus yards in all but two of his games where he was up against Patrick Peterson and Jalen Ramsey, the two best one-on-one corners in the league. Jalen clamped him. Clamped him. Jalen clamped him because he's the best cover corner in the league one-on-one. Patrick Peterson's the second best. He also had him. But outside of those two guys, he's put up 90 receiving yards in every single game this season. That is Dis- I cannot. Believe I, I can't believe you put him in front of DeAndre. I cannot believe you put him in front of Devonte Adams. That is disgusting. You He's did it never again on the field. Devonte Adams is never on the field. You you did it. That's just not. <laughs> Got to take that into account. That's just not true. <sighs> I didn't Metcalf Mac- Mac- miss some games early on last year? Yes. No, he, he played sixteen games last year. Oh. Well. Anyway, anyways, I have Metcalf on my list. He he's further down. Yeah, Metcalf is on my list, but he's not. I he has I, to be on your list. First off, cannot believe you put him in front of Tyreek Hill. That is astounding to me. I can't. I can't believe you put him in front of. <laughs> you did. It, he did Metcalf it again. Is absolutely insane. No, I didn't do it again. You did it again. Metcalf is incredible. He's You'd... gonna have an incredibly, incredibly fantastic career. He will. DK Metcalf is just insane. He's four right now. My, my, and he hasn't even played within the next few years in the NFL. Continue to move up and probably eventually take that one spot from DeAndre Hopkins once his career starts to fade out a little bit. I, 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 I am not. I'm not out of the. I'm not in the impression that that DK cannot climb to the fourth spot, fourth best wide receiver in the NFL. But to put him here now is 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 wrong. So disrespectful. Wrong. To it's just Adam Green. and Devonte Adams, and it's completely wrong. You did it again, Devonte Adams is not always on the field. He has a lot of injury problems. And one of the most important things for a player to have is availability. And Devontae Adams is not always available. Last season, he played in 12 games. This season, he's already missed, what, three games, I think it is. He played 15 games in 2018, 14 in 2017, 13 in 2015. I mean, he's not always on the field. DK Metcalf is just too one-dimensional to put that high right now. That's just a too one-dimensional. He does everything. No, he doesn't. He 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 is a deep route runner right now. He has caught forty-five of seventy-two targets, and it's not because he's dropping balls. It's because they're deep shots that he's double covered on half the time. He's a one-dimensional wide receiver who does the one-dimensional thing extremely well right now. But you, a multifaceted wide receiver like Devonta Adams and a super multifaceted wide receiver like Tyreek Hill should not be below him right now. Yeah, hundred percent. Don't agree. DK at four. All right. I, I, that, that, that is significantly better 
then Zeke at seven or eight. I forget which one doesn't matter. I don't. Matter. It was a I, don't I, I might disagree with that. No, oh. hundred, no, 100%. No, absolutely not. Like I said, Zeke's not a top 20 running back. Uh, right, we don't need to divulge in that. I, I guess I'll go. I'll go now because I already said my four was Michael. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Dom, you brought up my five uh, when we were talking about that, whatever that was. Tyree. Uh, Tyree kills my five. Yes. 100%. That's the, that's the right choice. Yes, it is 100% the right choice. Um, so that's my five. Uh, Dom, I guess you want to go with your six since uh, – or do you maybe say some stuff about Tyreek because we didn't really talk about Tyreek. Well, I think that Tyreek gets the reputation of he's just runs streaks, catches screens, which is also a reputation that DK Metcalf gets. They're both false. Let me start off by saying that. But, but uh, that is what Tyreek Hill does best. Sure. It's what he does – that's what DK Metcalf does best too. The thing about DK yeah. Metcalf that he has the ability over Tyreek Hill is that – DK Metcalf can go up and catch the ball. Now, Tyree Kilt can also do that, but a lot of people don't realize just how good of a receiver Tyree Kill is. When he came into the league, had a very bad drop problem. You know, anyone could have saw that. But as the years have gone on, Tyree Kill has developed into a top five NFL wide receiver. And there's a chance that Metcalf passes him. And I you know, where I have Metcalf on my list, I think it's a very accurate spot given the fact that he is yet to play 30 games in the NFL yet. Yeah. Now, I, like I said, certainly capable. Which of one of you had James Robinson on your one, on your running back list? That was a, tw- that was a 2020 oriented list. And I said that before the list went out. If you're making a 2020 oriented list, DK Metcalf should be in your top five. Sure. Sure. But that's not what we're doing. about 2020. You should have DK in your top. I'm I, I the way I'm I, making my list is I take the ten best wide receivers. If I were to say, all right, yes. which wide receiver would I want? And I go, that's how mm-hmm. I go. It's not. It's I factor in the As 2020 performance, but I also factor in 2018. And if they didn't I, play in 2018, that's fine. They're, they're still going to be up here if they're good. Because you know what? I have two guys that are second year players in my top 20, in my top 10 here for 2020 right now, but. I, I can't put Metcalf above some of these guys that have done this for several years. If DK continues to do it, he will continue to climb up my list. And you know what? He could continue to climb up my list this year because the guys I have in front of him and the guy that I have at six is going to piss you all off. But I think that he's extremely underrated. And one of my favorite wide receivers in the league, I don't have to name him yet, but I think that you have to value what Tyreek Hill has done over the course of his career to this point. Because Tyreek Hill has nine touchdowns this year. He's got 650 yards. And he's also a really good returner. I mean, they haven't used him as much because they also have Byron Pringle, who's a very good returner and isn't as useful in the passing game for them. So they'd rather just say, all right, Tyreek, we're going to use you in our offense more than special teams. So, like I said, Metcalf can pass him for sure, but I I do have Hill at five. You want me to get in my six right now? Yes. Who was Leo's five? Did Leo say My five five is Tyreek. Yeah. Okay, I'm also going to say that Tyree Kill was my six. Now Dom six. Keenan Allen. I like this pick. No, no, he's on my list. I like this pick a lot. Keenan Allen is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Because he's I think he's very underrated. He did not crack my list. Oh. He did not crack I, my list. I can't list. believe you guys I had to have in there. I can't believe you didn't put Keenan Allen on this list. Oh. There were a few guys I had to have in there. Again, availability. I can't. I, yeah, that's... I mean, if you're, if you, because Josh, you've made it very clear so far on your list that you value I'm, availability. 
I'm a very big availability guy, and Keenan Allen is probably the one of the least available receivers in the league. Yes, for sure. However, you cannot argue. When he's on the field, he's fantastic. You cannot argue the production this man has. And he's 11th, oh, I can. 11th right now in receiving yards at 690 with five touchdowns as well. So he does have two fumbles on the year, which is not a good sign, but that that doesn't really factor into my decision. But think about Keenan Allen is he's had two different types of quarterbacks now at this point through his career. Phillip Rivers, you know, guy that really just anticipates what route you're going to run, really had really good uh, chemistry with Phillip Rivers. You know, they were on the same page, and it was clear. When Keenan Allen was off the field for the Chargers offense, they sucked. Now, there were times when he was on the field and they still sucked because of the Chargers, but – Keenan Allen came into the league. He was a first-round talent that was taken in the third round by them because he had, guess what, Josh? Injury problems in college. All he does when he is on the field is perform. And I've always been on the hill that Keenan Allen, when healthy, is a borderline top-five wide receiver. And I'm going to stick by that, and I'm going to put him in here at six because the dude is, in my opinion, the best route runner in the NFL. Now, some people are going to disagree with me on that, but – you watch the routes this dude runs because he's not that fast. He's not that big and he's open. He is open every single time he runs the routes. And now he's performing with Herbert, a young rookie quarterback. He's a big reason of why this offense has been so, uh, so great because I mean, Mike Williams has the health problems outside of that. They don't really have that healthy wide receiver. You know, Hunter Henry hasn't been that healthy. I think Keenan Allen's number six and, the guys that are right behind him, I could very easily put in front of Keenan Allen. But I, like I said, I value what this dude has done over the course of his career. I have Keenan Allen. The reason Mike Evans I, sprung onto the season so well last year was as a deep threat is because Keenan Allen was doubled every single time that man ran a route deeper than five yards. You mean Mike Williams? But yeah, sorry, I meant Mike Williams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Keenan Allen at six. I, I, that's not where I have him, but I, I like the take. I think Keenan Allen – is very underrated. He is on my list because I'm not crazy as well. So I understand that pick just as someone who values availability more than most traits in players. You can't put Keenan Allen on that list because he's rarely available. I, I just think you're, I think you're, I think problems. availability, I think availability is factoring way too much into your list here. Uh, way too. I don't much. agree. Um, okay. Well, we, oh, my six. Okay. Um, my six is Mike Evans. Uh, so this guy, we talked to him already. Uh, he's a premier red zone target. Um, he's had some injury problems. He's definitely struggled injury-wise before. But, man, this guy, highlight reel catches on the sideline is all I think about. Red zone target. He, he, has, he has a multifaceted skill set that uh, it, it is the reason why he also has eight touchdowns on the year because Tom Brady knows that that's his red zone target. Uh, the guy can run – any route you ask him to run, he has great hands. He's lower on my list because of injury problems, but he 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 is also Dom. You say Keenan Allen is a bona fide top five wide receiver when he's healthy. I would say the same thing for Mike Evans. So Mike Evans is my sixth wide receiver in the NFL. I don't have Mike Evans on my list. He just missed it. I think that's criminal, Dom. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think. That is very criminal, yeah. He has been in the league for how many years now? Doesn't have a single 1,000-yard season. Now, dude, like you mentioned, great red zone target, but doesn't get the yardage. And, 
you know, you got to help your offense get down the field in order to get the touchdowns. There's a reason his teams haven't won until Tom Brady got in here. And I don't I, think it's, I don't uh, think it's, it's because not his fully, quarterback was throwing 30 picks in a season and his defenses were right, bad, bad, right? Because he wasn't, yeah, the de- the defenses of in the past are obviously a big part of it. Their defense was top five in the league last year, by the way, last so year, yes. the playoffs. So part of the reason that Jameis Winston, obviously this isn't the main reason. This is not the main reason. Let me very strongly clarify this. Yes, but, make sure you clarify that. <laughs> but Mike Evans doesn't get a ton of yards. So he's trying to throw the ball up to him to try and get those jump balls, which aren't efficient plays. And then he ends up throwing picks because Mike Evans isn't that good short range wide receiver. Now they do have Chris Godwin to go with him. Yes. And now you're seeing uh, there's a ton of other weapons there in Tampa Bay. So you can't entirely fault him, but you know, I do value your production. Cause I mean, if we're going based off talent, Mike Evans is in here, but I also value your production. And then I also value the, another guy. I feel like I'd put in here top 10 talent wise, Calvin Ridley. He's not on my list, but I don't think he'll be on either of yours, but he certainly would be in that discussion. If we're talking about talent, I don't have Mike Evans on here. So Mike Evans is one disadvantage is yak without a doubt. Um, that would definitely hold him back. Uh, and that's why Chris Godwin is a perfect compliment to Mike Evans because Chris okay. Godwin is a yak man. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he doesn't crack in a thousand yard season, but how many, how many 10 plus TD seasons have we seen out of Mike Evans? Uh, Probably the answer, three or four. The answer is multiple. Yeah. Three or yeah. four. Uh, yeah, for sure. Great but, wide receiver. Just misses my top 10. I think that's two, criminal, actually but, only know, two. You're, you're allowed. It's your list. You can do what you want with it, but I think that's criminal. Leave him out of a top 10. I, I don't think it's criminal. That's what I'm saying. 12 touchdown seasons, two double digit touchdown seasons. He's going to get to three this year. He already has eight, but yeah, he will only two as of right now. All right. Well, that's my six. Um, Josh. You already said Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams is Devontae your six. Adams. All right. I, I can't believe you put him below Tyreek. Okay. All right. Um, Dom, did you do no, your my six? six? My six was Tyreek. Devonte Adams is my five. Okay. Thank God. Dom, did you do your six or my? Yeah, you did. You did Keenan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Josh, we'll go to back to you for seven then. Uh, Number seven. Let's go with the receiving yards leader in the National Football League, Stephon Diggs. All right. Uh, I actually have Stephon Diggs been producing like crazy this year. I think he's really gonna get even better in the next couple of years when he's got a competent quarterback throwing to him nowadays because he's not dealing with Kirk Cousins anymore. I think he's gonna climb up this list even more in the next couple of seasons. I think the Stephon Diggs-Josh Allen connection really, really looks promising. This is probably the best quarterback-receiver duo the Bills have had in 30 years. And I think these guys are going to have incredible careers together. Stephon Diggs at number seven. I also have Diggs at seven. Um, As I think do I. I. Oh, wow. All right. Look at that. I don't think Kirk Cousins is – I would say Kirk Cousins is a competent quarterback. I think he just preferred throwing Adam Thielen more than Diggs, and that was a mistake. No. Kirk Cousins is a competent quarterback. The thing is – Stephon Diggs isn't a, just a deep threat, but he does do his best work past the sticks. And Adam Thielen is more of the short-range thrower, and that's what Kirk Cousins likes. That's why Thielen produced more than Stephon Diggs, and that's why you see a gunslinger like Josh Allen producing with Stephon Diggs. Well, it's funny that you say that because Adam yes. Thielen actually has more yards per catch than Stephon Diggs does this year. Now, I mean – Also, also the, Justin Jefferson gets the yeah. best. Yeah, and I mean, the receptions are significantly further down compared to Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. And I just want to say something, because I was talking about this with Josh when this trade happened. You know, the Vikings are going to draft a wide receiver with this pick, and they did. They got uh, Justin Jefferson. 
and I said, listen, you guys got Stefan Diggs. You got your guy. The Vikings are also coming out well in this pick, and they, they 100% did. Justin Jefferson, you know, we mentioned Stefan Diggs is first with four touchdowns. Justin Jefferson is seventh in the league in reception yards, and he also has three touchdowns. So we also were – this is it, – it ended up being a great trade for both sides. Yes, because the Stephon Diggs trade is the best example of a win-win trade I can think of in any sport in the last few years. Well, uh, the Brandon Cooks trade that elevated the Rams to Super Bowl level, and then now the Patriots have Isaiah win is a pretty good example. Too. If you look hard enough, you'll find a lot of examples. Yeah, of, um, but it's a really good, bright, like high high level example. Yes, yeah. because the, it's skill the, position the, players. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills got an elite wide receiver talent, and the Vikings drafted the best wide receiver so far of the 2020 class. Who won't has, be the best wide receiver from this class in a few years, but best right now, yes. I don't know, man. He, he looks it's, – it's interesting that he, he's kind of a, a Diggs clone because Diggs, when he first came in the league, was ex- played exactly like Justin Jefferson did. It's just that Diggs developed the other parts of the game. It's really weird that uh, yeah. he has synergy with Justin Jefferson where he could just – I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, I, I'm glad That's we all great have, coaching, though. I'm glad we all have Diggs at seven. Uh, I'll jump in with my eight because we've already talked about it. Keenan Allen is my eight. Uh, Keenan Allen, my eight. We don't need to talk about him anymore. We've talked about him enough. Uh, Dom? I'm, I'm going to jump in, actually, since I'm repeating okay. someone at my eight as well. I put Mike Evans down there. Okay. All right. Awesome. Dom, who do you have at eight? I am also repeating someone, the man that Josh put up on his list higher than the guys that we have. I have DK Metcalf at eight. All right. I guess I'll just jump in after that and fire this off. DK Metcalf is my nine. Interesting. Josh, right. who do you have at nine? Because my, my number nine is going to surprise you guys, I think. My nine might surprise some people, too. I know Leo's going to hate this one. I put Amari Cooper at nine. Uh, well, I, don't, I think Amari Cooper is – look, he yeah. struggles sometimes, but when he's on the field, he produces. He played 16 games in 2019. He played 15 games in 2018. You just saw the way he really propelled that Dallas offense when he first got traded. That always sticks in my head when I think about Amari Cooper, and that probably is why I put him on the list higher than Dom would like me to put him on my list. But Amari Cooper does produce – he put up almost 1,200 yards last year with ATDs. He's been playing pretty well this year, 655 yards. Of course, he's been getting catching passes from Ben DiNucci and Garrett and Garrett Gilbert for the past couple of weeks, which has been hurting him. But Mari Cooper is still a very, very talented receiver. I loved what he did in Oakland with Derek Carr as well. I've always been a big Amari Cooper guy, and I still have him in my top 10. Yeah, I consider Amari Cooper in my top 10. I have him, like, if I were to make my list, he'd probably be right around 15. So I, I revoke my reaction to that. I think it's, it's higher than I would have on my list, but there's no denying that Amari Cooper is really good. Now, my number again, nine. availability. Yeah. Now, my, uh, argument would be, my argument would be a little bit of inconsistency. Yeah, he, not, I was going to say. Not just this year, because, I mean, there's games, like the game he had against, sorry, the, the Eagles a couple of years ago where he just destroyed them. Like, and then he'll have a game where he gets, like, 50 yards and a touchdown Cowboys are like because ah. I mean you remember the first game for him as a cowboy against the 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 Titans he got a touchdown in like the second quarter but he only had like three catches that game for 50 yards and then Cowboys fans are like oh we don't boys he ended up being a big part of their offense he's another guy I'd put in the conversation for best route runners in the league yes yeah the problem is- and also if you're just you mentioned that Eagles game where he completely took over if you're talking about receivers who can just take over a game on their own and put up 
200 something yards and three scores. Amari Cooper is very high on that list. When he's in the zone, he's in the zone and he's going to kill you. I don't care who you have on your defense. Amari Cooper is the weirdest wide receiver to me because he not injury wise is inconsistent from year to year. And it's really weird to me last year. He was very good. Um, and this year, even before Dak got hurt, uh, Michael Gallup and CD Lamb look better than Amari Cooper in some of those games, uh, which is really weird to me. Uh, so I, he's not in my top 10. He's the potential to be, but I, yeah. he's just such a weird receiver to me. He's so weird. Uh, anyways, uh, Dom, you said you have someone surprising at nine. Who do you want to throw out at nine there? My number nine. I mentioned earlier in this rankings that I have another player that is a second year player in the NFL for a wide receiver. I want you to guess who this is. Second year wide receiver. Oh, you put scary Terry here. Not scary Terry. F1. Terry McLaurin at number nine. I mean, this dude has had probably the most inconsistent quarterback play in the league since he entered. Started off with Case Keenum. Then it went to Dwayne Haskins. Started off this year with Dwayne Haskins. Then Kyle Allen. And now it's Alex Smith. I mean, that's just not going to set your wide receivers up for a lot of success because one, I don't think any of those guys are like that stat friendly. I mean, Alex Smith, but Alex Smith isn't what he once was. Has had some good games so far, but not not a good system. And terrible offensive line, you know, really just a terrible offense in general. But all this dude does is put up numbers. I mean, he's right now fourth in the league in reception yards at 787, playing for an offense that, like I mentioned, is not very good. I mean, you look at the three guys that are in front of him, Stephon Diggs, Buffalo Bills, one of the best offenses in the league. DeAndre Hopkins, Arizona Cardinals, one of the best offenses in the league. DK Metcalf, Seattle Seahawks, one of the best offenses in the league. Then you look at it, Terry McLaurin, football team. This dude, another guy, one of the best route runners in the league. Second-year player, Ohio State wide receivers are so good. It's incredible. All they do is recruit them. It's a factory there. They bring them out. All they do is perform in the NFL. Terry McLaurin is in at number nine. I'm going to jump in very quickly here. Love the pick. Terry's my 10. Uh, you rarely see a wide – one of the most touted things for me with a wide receiver is the ability to transcend quarterback play. And Terry McLaurin has already proven that he can do that. It's going to be scary once the football team figures out a consistent quarterback to throw to him. This guy's going to rise up my list. He could be better than DK Metcalf once he gets a real quarterback, to be honest with you. It's a but possibility. Yeah, he's, he's I wouldn't team. think on it. Good. Considering who DK Metcalf has throwing to him, I wouldn't think on it. But I think you could see McLaurin being a more consistent wide receiver than DK Metcalf because yes. I don't think Terry McLaurin's going to put up a lot of games like DK did against Jalen because I think Terry has a better ability to beat good corners in the NFL than DK Metcalf does beating good corners. Like we, we just saw firsthand this week. And then Josh, like you mentioned against the Cardinals, I mean, they had to rely on Tyler Lockett in that game. Tyler Lockett's my 11, by the way. Uh, he's criminally underrated because of DK. Oh, as well. I, say that I, I, I'm going to go ahead and give my 10 now, now that we're talking about Tyler Lockett, I had him there for a little bit. And then I actually just made a change. We're talking about Terry McLaurin not producing because he hasn't really had a quarterback. I'm going to look at another guy who I think has produced pretty well without having anyone throwing him the ball, and that's Allen Robinson. I think he's a really good wide receiver. He's had no one throwing in the ball throughout his career. Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles. I mean, come on. He's nothing. 
if you watch that Monday night football game this week, you saw that Allen Robinson was really their entire offense and they just couldn't get him in the ball because they have no one to throw it to him. But Allen Robinson really is talented. I also have Allen Robinson at 10. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, that rounds out the list. I like, I like Allen Robinson pick a lot too. Uh, he would be 12 for me. Um, that's the list. I have uh, Lockett at 11. I bumped Lockett down one for Allen Robinson. Yeah. Lockett just missed my list as well. So that rounds out wide receivers, top 10 wide receivers. Uh, that was a little quicker. I'm glad we got through that a little bit quicker. Uh, Josh, uh, in my opinion, still bungled another list with, uh, it was just it was just one pick, and he had him what like he had him at four, so he had him four spots than I than I do, and he had him five spots higher than you do. So better, okay, but the, better than Zeke. The better. way I'm the way I'm thinking about it is right. Like here's how I think about it. Like we obviously have one, two, three, four. We always we always talk about tiers as well as like inside these lists. Like if we could highlight the tiers. Like mm-hmm. I my five, which is Hopkins, Jones, Adams, Thomas Hill, is the elite bracket. Yeah criminal to put DK above two elite bracket wide receivers. To me, the tier is one all the way up here in DeAndre Hopkins. Go a little bit further down, you get your two, three and Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. Four through 15, those guys really do waver a lot. I think, I, I think there's, I think there's tier one A, which is the top three that Leo and I have. And then there's tier one B, which yes. is four and five. And then after that, there's tier two and there's a ton of wide receivers. Like Josh, I agree with you. Outside of those guys, a lot of really good wide receivers. You know, wide receivers are kind of like running backs in the way that there's a lot of good wide receivers and you can bring them in. And if they fail, then, oh, well, you just go in and get another one. But at the same time, a good wide receiver, I think, transcends your offense a little more than a good running back does. Yeah, and there are a lot of guys we left off of our list as well. No one said Chris Godwin, who's really talented. Obviously, Odell Beckham was left off of our list because of his recent injury problem but it wouldn't be Adam Thielen off the list as well AJ Brown a lot of talented receivers in that 10 to 15 range yep yeah um but anyways that does wrap up the list uh we can go ahead and jump into week 11 picks uh I'm gonna highlight the scores Dom uh set a record for best week on the podcast he hit 13 of 14 picks he gave you Ravens fired off yeah, the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> the only game probably... I got wrong was a seven-point favorite. Yep, that's unfortunate. But uh, with that, Dom jumps. He's the lead now. He took the lead back for me. Uh, 65 points. Dom is leading. I'm at 62, down three. And then Josh Josh is at 54 uh, after another unfortunate week where he tried to gain ground uh, just to highlight some of those great picks. He, he, want, he took the Washington football team, said he'd get a game back they, on us on the they Lions. They came close there. They did come close. They they should have lost lost on a game-winning field goal. Yeah, if you watched that game, it shouldn't have come down to that. That the the refs were very flag happy and flag happy in that game. Uh, the The final two drives for each team were just awful. Just all penalties. The roughing the passer from Chase Young was killer. Yep. Young team, they'll learn. Yeah, and then uh, what was uh, there was another game? Oh yeah! Oh wait, going to be I, we, one of the best players in the league in a few years. Agreed. I I forgot. This is the other part I have to highlight. Your amazing hot take of the week. Oh, oh yeah, that's a, I, look. No, I said that was what's going to happen. They're either going to come out there and hang with them or win that football game, or they're going to get absolutely destroyed. It's one of the two. That's what happens with Cincinnati. 
unfortunately, they got absolutely destroyed. You take, I mean, you Leo, you said that the Eagles would win by 10-plus points, and they lost by 10-plus points to the Giants. Yeah, how'd they do there? So, I don't want to yeah. hear it. And I mean, if we're going to start making fun of each other for our hot takes, let's talk, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. And let's talk about my hot take. Are you kidding me, Nick Chubb? It doesn't matter if you go in the middle of that. over. Oh, no, man. Hey, That's... man, he, he, he saw Todd Gurley, and he didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah Todd Gurley. But, but Todd Gurley doing it was because if he goes into the end zone and they miss the extra point like they did against the like they did against the Packers, then all of a sudden it's an eight point game. If he goes down, they could run the clock out and the game's over. If Nick Chubb gets in there, they're up by nine and they could just they could one, you know, if they really, really want to make sure that they don't get the extra point block and return for a touchdown, they could knee it. I'd still lose. I'd still be upset. But and then they just kick the extra point. And I, one, I get my hot take. Two, the Browns cover the spread. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, come on, man. That th- There's been a lot of really hot takes for me this year that have just been brutal. This, mine as well a few weeks back with that Carolina-Atlanta game. Atlanta kicked the field goal with like seven seconds left to make it 23-16. And I had Carolina winning by double digits just – it's a tough game in these hot takes. Yeah, but that's yeah. your only like remotely good hot take. Like I have had like four like barely miss. Yes, yes, that's true. Hey. Dom is Dom is the king of the hot takes. I, I'm not the king. Let's let's. I'm getting close out of us on three and losing them. Yeah, uh, out of us three, you're the king. You're the only one that has one hit. Well, you guys, you guys are the peasants of the hot take. Let's just say that. Th- this is my well, week. All right, let's calm down. We're getting fun I, this I am a I am a knight. All right, I will. I refuse <laughs> the peasantry title on this. I'm a knight at, All right. at the, at the at, we'll put it there. Uh, but yeah, that's, so that hot take was uh, interesting. My hot take definitely missed as well. Uh, hard um, for multiple reasons, which uh, it was not fun. I'm sure we'll get into it later, but let's just jump into week 10 um, or sorry, week 11. 11. Uh, and I know we're going to be, we're going to be on this first one f- for a while. So I definitely want to talk about this one. We talked about the NFC West a lot. We've got the last Cardinals-Seahawks game. This one is not in Glendale. This one will be up in Seattle, uh, which usually would mean a lot more if it weren't Corona season. Um, 12th man cannot be there for Seattle. Josh, I'm going to go to you first, what you're thinking well, with this game. because I th- Before you go to Josh, I already gave my pick. I already said Cardinals. Oh, yeah, sorry. Dom, you go ahead first. No, I, mean, I already said oh, it. You, you so, said, yeah. I, yeah, did you want to explain a little bit more again, or do you just – I mean, you got one, you got one team that's turning like this and one team that's turning like this. So, oh, did you not? You made no, sure. Not, there you go. I, oh. I'm not. Yeah, we're we're not throwing up. We, I mean, we are now, but we're not throwing up X's to do that. <laughs> we forgot to use that GIF on our Twitter this week, which is unfortunate. But, uh, I I'm taking the Cardinals. I I think right now their offense is better than the Seahawks, and in general their defense is significantly better than the Seahawks right now. I mean, you saw since the second half of this game last time, the Cardinals' defense has been better than the Seahawks by a mile. And the offense has been, you know, both of these offenses are elite. Let's just say that. And you have a decent defense against arguably one of the worst defenses in NFL history. Give me the C- give me the Cardinals, sorry. All right, Josh, I'm going to go to you next because I'm pretty sure you're not. Uh, you're going to pick against Dom and it'll leave me up to pick. Yeah, um, I, I already said that as well. I'm picking against Dom. I just don't see a way that the Seahawks lose this game if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Russell Wilson does not lose home primetime games. They're trending downwards, but that's just a way for Russ to kick him in the butt and shoot him back up. Again, I don't know Russell Wilson's exact primetime record. I believe it's somewhere around like 14 and two at home or something crazy like that. But 
Russell Wilson just doesn't lose home primetime games, and I don't think this is going to be one of them. I'm taking the Seahawks here. Very confident in this pick. I'm going with Seattle. So this pick came down to one thing for me. Uh, and it came down to this one thing. It's one man and one injury designation. I will be taking the Cardinals because Chris Carson is not expected to play for Seattle in this Thursday night football game. That takes away a dimension. They've been struggling without that dimension. DJ Dallas has not been supplying it. Uh, and uh, this is going to be a shootout. Once again, I think the Cardinals are going to win it because they are a bit more dimensional in this game than Seattle. So I will take the Cardinals. Will Carlos Hyde be available? Uh, yes, Carlos Hyde will be there, but he is not that, Chris Carson. That does help the running game a little bit. They he's still not Chris Carson, but yeah. he's better than DJ Dallas. And they still don't have a 100-yard rusher on the year. There, there's just no help outside of the receiving core. Outside of the receiving core, there's absolutely no help for this team, including the coaching Jacob staff. Hollister is not bad. They don't use him enough. The Jacob receiving core. The bad. receiving that's, core. That's, that's part of the receiving yeah. core. He's a tight end, but yeah. Well, they're, they're anyway, receiving anyway, core. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Sure. I think Pete, Pete Carroll has not been that good this year. I'm going to say that. Uh, and the the defensive coaching staff is just awful. They actually had a decent defensive oh, game against the Rams, but the Rams, the Rams were without Andrew Whitworth in it. So, well, we'll see. They're DC. God. All right. Uh, well, that's the Thursday night game. Um, it'll de- this is a must-watch as well. Let me just preface this. I know I'm kind of the guy on this podcast that tells you what games to watch, especially with my – posts or finishing thoughts this here's is a, a guy here's, here's a guy yeah that's me even though you, you point in the wrong way or at least on my screen you point in the wrong way you're on the bottom oh okay line, so uh anyways that's a game you need to watch watch this afc west showdown we said last week is actually thursday night football is getting a good rep here last two weeks last week thursday night football was a potential division decider in the afc south once again i think this is a potential division decider in the nfc west uh so watch that game Jumping to the Sunday slate, the first game we got here uh, for me from ESPN, Eagles at Browns. Man, this is a – for my history on this podcast, this is a historic matchup. Uh, I'll be going last because it's my team. Josh, go ahead and fire off first. I'm, I'm sorry, you cut out. I didn't hear what game you were talking about. Oh, you didn't hear what game? Uh, Eagles, Eagles at no. Browns. Eagles, Browns. All right, that's easy. I didn't even need to hear that. You know who I'm picking. I'm taking Cleveland. I'm riding with Baker Mayfield. They're playing well the last couple of weeks at home in this crazy weather they've been dealing with in Cleveland. I know they're going to be dealing with some tough weather again in Cleveland this week. It's going to make it really nice for the Browns to run the ball. Baker's not even going to have to throw the ball to win this game. They're just going to run right over the Eagles. I'm taking the Browns to win this one, no question. All right, Dom? Well, let's say this. Without COVID, I think the Browns do win this game fairly easily, you know, right around that seven-point range. range. But – they are dealing with some COVID issues there in Cleveland right now. And I know that Miles Garrett was sent home for practice. I, I think that was just out of precaution, but they've certainly had some players had to go home because they are having COVID issues. And that makes this game really tough to pick. I'm still going to side with the Cleveland Browns here, but I think it's going to be closer than what Josh says is an easy pick. I'll take Cleveland. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy pick. They're going to win by 30. I think it's an easy pick. The Browns have been playing well the last couple of weeks. They've been running the ball a lot better last week with Nick Chubb back as well. Both him and Kareem Hunt had 100-yard games, two of my top 10 running backs. I don't see a way that the Eagles are slowing down this Browns running attack. All right, so we got two for the Browns. We're going to make it three here. Um, <laughs> look, uh, the game last week for my birds was 
let me think about this. Yeah, one of the lowest points uh, I've seen this Eagles team in the Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson era. Uh, that game was disgusting uh, to watch uh, for multiple reasons, and it's not going to get any better here with the Browns. Look, you, you let Wayne Gallman score three touchdowns on you. The, I pray for you against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, this this game is going to be ugly and on the ground. Uh, there There's a way the Eagles win this if they force Baker Mayfield to have to pass the ball and the Browns go away from the run, but the Eagles can't start games off hot anymore. Uh, they're, they're probably going to go down early. It's just the Browns are going to take this away from the entire time. Baker's still bad. I'm riding with Cleveland and Nick Chubb, not Baker, because Nick Chubb is going to win them. I'm game. riding with Nick Chubb as well. They're going to run the ball 40 times on Sunday. You could probably put Baker ben could win this game on his own if he wanted to as well, but there's no need for Baker to win this game. They're going to run the ball 40 times and just run over that Eagles defense, no question. Uh, they are the fifth-ranked def- rush defense in the NFL, and last week the entire D-line coaching staff ha- could not coach the game due to COVID restrictions. Um, I think that played a bit of a part in why I definitely saw my D-line not play to the standard they have been. Uh, but I still think they're going to get run over. Uh, the Browns will take this game. They're going to win. Uh, yeah, I don't know where the Browns rushing attack is ranked. I'm sure it's somewhere in the top five, if not one, to be perfectly honest with you. But I just don't see them slowing down the way they've been running the ball the last couple of weeks. They've been incredible. Yeah, and like I said, coming into the season, guys, the Eagles aren't going to win this division. It's going to be the New York Giants. Who I, I want them to win the division. Give me a top 15 pick. I don't want. I don't. I, I got. I got to ask though. While we're on the topic of the New York Giants, is Daniel Jones good? Yes. I think he might be. He's always been talented. Uh, kind of turnover problem. That's yeah, I think he was thing. really set up to fail early on in his career. In his career, the offensive line is playing much better. Andrew Thomas is really good. Glad they actually made the decision to draft a good offensive lineman in the draft this year. Uh, you know, if you quarterback. You know, there are really good quarterbacks in the league, but a lot of quarterbacks are good based on the fact that they weren't set up to fail. Daniel Jones was set up to fail, and now the system around him is getting better. The offense in which that – what's his face? The Jason Garrett. The offense in which Jason Garrett has set them up in isn't that bad for him. It's He's getting the ball out of his hands quicker, making less decision-making, and the more he holds onto the ball, uh, the more he's going to fumble. And – uh he fumbles a lot. Let's just go there. But, yeah, Geno Jones, Jones looks better. Yeah, and heading into the 2021 season, if Gettleman's able to get him a good wide receiver to go along with Saquon Barkley coming back, that offense could be pretty good, and the Giants might not be bad next year. They won't. They've, they've got some key defensive pieces, and their O-line's good. And Darius bad. Slayton and, and uh, Sterling Shepard are a decent wide receiving duo. They're decent, but again, it's kind of like what the Bills were with Josh Allen before they got Stephon Diggs. I mean, 100%. I think if you give Daniel Jones that number one Stephon Diggs type of guy, he'll just shoot up like you couldn't believe. Josh, that is the smartest thing you've said on this podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. You haven't said a lot of smart things, but that, that is the smartest. The NFC appreciate East, the love, buddy. The NFC East will be a three-headed – horse race next year and not just because the division's complete crap but because the division will be decent and it'll be three-headed horse race it'll be the cowboys eagles and the giants will finally be back in that conversation that's i'll say it right now based on trends uh but anyways to keep the games rolling because we're only like two through right now we need to keep this going uh next game we've got in the morning slate sunday week 11 falcons at saints um 
I do, I do, I do recall. I need to say something out loud right now because I know I recalling a group chat conversation. Uh, Josh Golden said that there is no way that the Saints win both these games against the Falcons. So I'm curious, Josh, are you picking the Falcons this time they play them or the next time they play the Falcons? I'm picking the Saints this time, no question. Okay. And the reason I'm picking the Saints is because they have Jameis Winston. I'm putting my hot take on this one. Not only do I think the Saints win this game, I think the Saints, they're given five points. I think they'll win not only by double digits, but Jameis Winston will not have multiple interceptions in this game. I got Saints double digits, and I got Jameis Winston one or zero interception. I mean, okay. I'll allow that. He probably okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's. Let's have that, some fun, baby. Yeah. Let's ride with Jameis. No, I mean, you said coming in, you're gonna have fun with the hot take. Uh, I think you said that before we started the show. I, I like that. I think that's a fun hot take. I think that's one that it's you fun. can actually Let's hit. Let's ride with Jameis, baby. I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely like it. Uh, that just means that you know, the next time the Saints play the Falcons, you have to take the Falcons based on what you said in the group chat. Just, I'm just, I'm putting that out there because I do remember that conversation. So uh, I will be taking the Saints as well, uh, even though it's Jameis. Um, the Saints team's too talented to to lose with Jameis. Uh, the coaching staff's too good. They're going to game plan perfect, pretty good around him. Alvin Kamara's going to be spoon-fed rushing this game, I assume, and I'm going to hate it. Um, I'm going to hate it because I'm playing Dom and Fantasy. That's also part of why I'm going to go with 0-1 interceptions because I don't think they're going to make James throw the ball that far down the field. All right. Well, I like the pick. Are you going with the Saints as well, Dom? Yeah, I'll take the Saints here as well. This game is either really good or really bad. Not sure which way it's going to go. The Falcons are coming off their bye, I believe. So, Josh, this would have been a decent time to pick them. But, uh, I mean, the Saints are playing some of the best football in the league right now. So, it's hard to pick against them. Without a doubt. All right, let's uh, jump into the next game here. Uh, it is the Bengals hot off a of butt kicking, uh, two, six, and one, heading to play the Washington football team here. This is an interesting game. I do. I could see a way you pick either team. I'm going to go here first and say I will be taking the Bengals. Joe Burrow is talented enough to win this game. And T. Higgins looks pretty good. I I actually – I'm not 100% positive on the status of Joe Mixon, but I believe he is trending towards playing if I had to put my money on it. I like the Bengals' offense to carry them to a win here. So I will be taking Cincinnati. Dom? I will take the football team here. The football team has one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. Without Joe Mixon, this offense is extremely one-sided. And it's good offense. It's a good offense. And Joe Burrow has been very impressive this year uh, throwing the ball. But now going up against one of the best pass defenses in the league, I will take the football team. Alex Smith has played very well in his two games, uh, one against the Giants and then here this past week against the Lions. Didn't score enough points to win, but I will take the football team here. They they, they get back in that division race just a bit. Oh, boy, what a division race it is. All right, Josh, tiebreaker here. Are you riding with the Bengals for another week? I'm going to go with the football team as well, actually. I think not only on the defensive side of the ball, Chase Young is going to feast against a bad offensive line. I think he's going to put himself back into that defensive rookie of the year conversation with a monster game. But Alex Smith getting a win would just be really fun. 
And I think Alex Van is going to be able to get it done after the performance he had last week. I'm going to go with the football team. All right. Well, I did not, I did not think I'd be the only one taking the Bengals. So I will uh, happily take that one and run with it. Jumping in the next game, we've got Lions at Panthers here. Uh, interesting, interesting matchup. The Lions coming off a, I believe they're coming off a win. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm blanking here. If you guys want to help me out. Oh yeah, they are. They beat the football team last year. We just talked about this. Um, they're coming off their win. The Panthers coming off their loss to the Bucks, a shootout. It's Lions at Panthers. This game is a really a real toss up to me. I won't be going first here. Josh will. Josh, what are you what are you thinking with this one? I know where Josh is going. I'm gonna go with Carolina. I like Teddy. In these tough games where none of these teams are really that great, no one stands out. I just think Teddy is gonna be able to produce against a not so fantastic defense. I think it's time for Matt Patricia to just get out of there. I think he's a really, really poor coach. Just another example of someone hiring someone who is near Bill Belichick. I think Matt Rule's a good coach as well. I like what Robbie Anderson's done in Carolina this year as well. I'm going to go with Carolina here. Just going to put this out there because I didn't say it earlier. Uh, Chris, Christian McCaffrey will not play this game either with his shoulder problem. Dom, and, and are you picking? It doesn't seem like Teddy Bridgewater is going to play in this game either. I will be going with like, – if not, he's hurt. He's playing hurt right now. Yes. And playing I, hurt and still not playing too terribly. Yeah. Well, he got he got he hurt. Not, did not play well last week against Tampa Bay when he was hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. In, didn't he get hurt in that game or am I – Yeah, that I mean – No, that, he got hurt. He got hurt His at the end of the Kansas the... City game. It was at the end of the yeah. Kansas City game. Oh, okay. So – I'm going to take the Detroit Lions in this game. They're going to move to five and five, I think. Uh, those injuries for Carolina really hurt them. Another thing to point out, and I will point this out later in the podcast, Carolina Panthers are three and seven, which means they have played 10 games so far this year. Detroit Lions are four and five, which means they've played nine games this year. Carolina Panthers, they don't have their body. They haven't had their body yet. They get it after this game. This team is beat up. And they're a team that didn't have a ton of depth to begin with. That's just how this team was built. Uh, and it's showing as of late, you know, they're, they're not winning ball games as of late, you know, they got off that hot start and they've, they've kind of slid a little bit since then. I think that's going to continue here against the Lions. Give me the Lions. Dom, you took my entire script for this segment out from under me. I don't know how you hacked into my computer here. Uh, I will be taking the Lions for the exact reasons. I don't even need to go into them. Uh, I, I was going to bring up the buy thing too. And you've jumped on me on that one too. So kudos to you, Dom. Here, so let me see. Have you, do you, do you know what the other team is that has their buy next week? I, I do not. I, I just, I looked at the Carolina. I was looking at Carolina to see when they have their buy, who, who has their buy next week as well. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Interesting. Interesting. Are you, are you foreshadowing for you, something Dom. here? I think I, I think am, you, I am foreshadowing something. Yes, he is fighting. All right, Inter- interesting. It's amazing interesting. how far I've gone on some of these teams. Yes, uh, that is also very true. I will also be so yeah. I'll be taking the lines as well. Uh, this, this is gonna be. I think this might be a pretty signature Matthew Stafford pop off game. Um, we'll see though. Uh, anyways, jump into the next game: Steelers at Jaguars, nine and zero. Only undefeated team left in the football league still uh, at the Jaguars, who. Put up a very interesting, very interesting game at Green Bay. That was a shootout. Uh, th- not a shootout. That was close. 
way closer than it needed to be the entire game. Um, and it's very, it's very interesting because I, I was going to put my hot take uh, Jags don't score 10 here, but I'm going to not do that for two reasons here. One, uh, the Steelers are a criminal team of criminally known for playing down to their competition when it's not a divisional game uh, or a division rival game. So that's, what's going to happen here. I'm still picking the Steelers, uh, but that reason. And then two, uh, the Jags, the Jags are, are feisty. And, and I don't think they would ever, I don't think they're ever going to score less than 10 points this season after the, some of these games they've played against Super Bowl contenders. But yeah, I'll be taking the Packers, not Packers, sorry, Steelers. Uh, Josh, who are you taking here? I'll be taking the Steelers as well. They're the better team in every phase of the game. Um, not that it matters. Is Minshew starting or is Lutton coming back? Or is I, I don't Lutton think Minshew's, is I don't think Minshew's ready yet. I think it's still Lutton. Either way, I'm taking the Steelers. They're the better team. They move to 10-0. 10-0. Dom? 10-0, Steelers. Uh, Jaguars, they really got lucky with that partner turn touchdown. That, that's really what kept them in the game. Uh, Packers did have to get on the field. Shout out Devontae Adams once again. Going to carry my team once again along with uh, Alvin Kamara and Kyler Murray. I mean, that's just got to be the best trio in our fantasy league, right, Leo? What? Wait, what's the best trio in our fantasy league? I mean, no one Ky- cares about your fantasy league. I, I mean, Leo and I do. I mean, we do. So, oh yeah, your best, the best trios: Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, and Devontae Adams. <laughs> they are uh, unbelievable. Yeah, uh, geez, what, what a, what a, what a, what a trio you got going there. I mean, I could, I'm zero three without when Devontae Adams didn't play, and then I'm outside of that. I mean, I, my team's. You still have two losses when they, when they, uh, or, yeah. Uh, do I have two? Yeah, you have two losses. You're right. You're within there. But I'm four and two with Devontae Adams. Yeah. Well. Uh, I'm 0-1 with Nick Chubb now. No, I'm kidding. We're not getting that too much, but uh, it will definitely be fun. To see. This will be a fun fantasy week, uh, especially because the Thursday night game. I, for, I wanted to say this. I forgot to. Uh, it's Russell versus Kyler. Uh, Dom has Kyler. I have Russell. So it will definitely be interesting. You guys are playing each other this week? That'll be fun. Yeah, right. that's, that's, that's why I'm talking that, about it. Yeah, How that's many times? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why. He's, he's getting banter in. Um, anyways, but uh, anyways, I got thrown off there. What are we talking about? All right, so yeah. Next game we got here, Titans-Ravens. I'm going to drop my hot take here. I don't I don't know. Actually, I want to I gauge this here. Is it a hot take to pick the Titans to win when they're not – when the, the line is negative six and a half to the Ravens? I'm going to have to make them win by three – by more than a field goal. Because okay, I'll the take way, that. The way I've been doing it is if it's more than – if it's more than seven and a half. Or, I mean – All right, I will – Yeah. I will gladly take the Titans winning by four or more here. Uh, that's my hot take. I think Tennessee bounces back off that Colts game. I'm pretty low on the Ravens. I think Lamar is just going to keep being 2020 Lamar. I, I really think the Titans are going to win this game uh, by four or more. So I will be taking the Titans in this game at Baltimore. Uh, Josh? Great hot take. I agree with you. I think you're going to hit that one. I'm taking the Titans as well. I don't think the Ravens are that good. Like Lamar just has not been playing that well. And they haven't looked like the Ravens that we saw a lot last year. I don't think they're a team that you should be too frightened of. I think the Titans coming off of that loss and the extra couple of days rest are going to be really angry and ready to come out and get a statement win. And I think they're going to do that in Baltimore. All right. 
I will also it, take Josh. I will also take the Titans with you guys. It's going to be a great game. I think I don't want to say this is a must-win game, but I mean there's certainly a difference between being seven and three and six and four with the current state of the AFC. Because I mean, there's a couple other six and three teams in there. I mean, you got the Browns at six and three, the Raiders at six and three, the Dolphins are six and three. They're going to move to seven and three. I'm just going to say that right now. Then all of a sudden, they're tied for the division. Uh, I know that uh, Josh. Uh, has to be scared. I mean, with with the way that Phillies game ended, it was just heartbreaking. Considering where the Dolphins stand right now. Uh, the, the, back to my point. Very important game between these six and three teams. And I don't want to say the Ravens are. I honestly think the Ravens are an underrated team because everyone's just given up on them. They are one of the most injured teams in all football. And you're looking at the two teams that had the best records in football last year. You had the fourteen and two Ravens and the 13-3 49ers from last year. And neither of those teams won the Super Bowl. You have to take advantage of your Super Bowl window when it opens. Now, one person's team on this podcast did that. Leo's Eagles, they had that one really, really good year. They took advantage of it. They won that Super Bowl. They took advantage of the team when it was at its prime. And then you see the following year, they get a little hurt. They're not as good. You see that, and especially in the, in the past years uh, following that. And then you saw with the Rams last year. Miss the Super Bowl window, go nine and seven, miss the playoffs. Now it's a totally different team. Those two teams didn't take advantage of it. And I mean, the 49ers were really, really close. And now the Ravens and the 49ers are both really hurt this year. It's really hard to take advantage of it. When your team is at its best, it's got to take advantage of it. And the Ravens, they're hurt this year. They're not as good because of it. I think that once they get healthy, which is not this week, I think they'll return and I think they'll still be a playoff team. But for now, Titans win this game. Oh, they'll definitely still be a playoff team. I just don't think they're going to be able to do much damage in the postseason. Are they tech? Are they definitely a playoff team? Yeah, they're a playoff team. I mean, they're, right now, they're six and three as of right now. I think they're still going to get a couple more wins in there. I don't know what their schedule is, but I'd imagine they're not playing anyone too difficult. I'm sure they got another one against they have another Cincinnati. Game, another game against the Steelers. Another game against the Browns. I, I just want to wait. I want to quickly pause on this because Josh said the Browns are, are a playoff team, and if you now say the Ravens are, you realize that means those two can't go together. No, they can't. They can. Oh, is uh, I expanded playoffs. Now, even with even without expanded oh, yeah. playoffs, the seventeen postseason. E- even in six, even with six, I guess in even six, it's it. possible. But, but I mean, it's they, very unlikely. I, that I guess the Raiders team. could miss out the way the Titans are playing, and the way the Raiders look. Because I mean, in Miami, the four, the four division, could miss out. You're right. The, yeah, the four division winners right now: Steelers, Chiefs. Bills about to be Dolphins too, and the Colts along with the Titans. I mean, Titans are also six and three. There's five. I mean, Dolphins at six. Browns, Ravens. You know, I mean, Ravens. I mean, there there's eight nine teams right there in the mix. So th- there's no guarantee, and this is almost a must win game. I, I think this is a must win game. I, I I not not for like you know statistically, but I think. Like, if you win this game, AFC is nine teams with six wins right now. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. They could very yeah. Now that you've looked at the standings, now you see what I'm saying, don't you? That's absurd. Yeah, I'm I'm here to enlighten, fellas. Oh yeah, enlighten. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Dom. Okay, Dom. All right, let's let's keep this moving so we don't get too hung up. We all are taking the Titans. uh, My hot take: Titans win by more than a field goal here. Next game, we have the Patriots off of that win over the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. 
Sunday night football, sorry. Sunday night football last week, heading to the Texans. This is an interesting game. Uh, the records do not portray what I'm thinking for this game. It's going to foreshadow my take. I will not be going first, though. Dom, you are going to let you go first here. What are you thinking with this game? Because this is an interesting one. I'm going to take the New England Patriots in this game. Very close game. Patriots are playing their best football right now. And they're, they're finally starting to get a little healthier. Uh, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league, which is astounding because their offense sucks. But, uh, you know, Cam Newton played a fairly clean game against the Baltimore Ravens, who, as I've said several times, have an extremely good defense that is very banged up. Uh, I'll take the Patriots here. It's going to be a close one. Uh, don't expect an offensive performance like you saw out of the Houston Texans from last week's game. Like Josh mentioned earlier on this podcast, the weather in Cleveland was just awful. You're not going to, you're not going to see that. Give me the Patriots though. All right. I'm going to contradict real quick so that Josh can be a decider here. I'll be taking the Texans. Uh, I'll be taking the better quarterback. I know Bill Belichick is an elite coach here, but uh, I think this is a pop off Deshaun Watson game for sure. And I think that wins them the game here. So I'll be taking Texans. Strongly disagree. I think this might be the easiest pick of the week. I'm taking New England here. Houston is yet to beat a top 30 team so far this season. I think the Jaguars are the second worst team in the league. They've beaten them twice. They're 0-7 in all their other games. They got to beat someone, and they haven't done it yet. I don't think they're going to do it against New England. I'm taking the Patriots here. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you could say this is the easiest pick game of the yeah, week I, I when, when the Steelers are nine and zero playing the one. I'm talking, Jaguars. I'm talking like in terms of the spread, in terms of what the spread was. This was just the one that popped out to me. How in the, the world, world were the Patriots only giving two points? That's my bad. I'm not clarifying that. Okay. But I mean, there's in also terms of spread yeah. that popped out to me like you couldn't believe. Sure. There are also there are a couple other games that popped out to me, and I'm like, whoa. Wait, I don't. Honestly, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. In terms you, of the season, out. I would say this minus two for the Patriots is very high on my list of games that popped out to me. I don't know. I don't know how this is higher than Ravens six and a half after losing to new England last week. Or you mean, you mean Titans plus six and a half. So, I don't, yeah. I don't know how Titans no. six and a half isn't a bigger pop. No new England coming off of a win against a team that has not beaten a top 30 team in the league. Okay. I mean, I, I, I agree. I have the same thing, but I also think there's another spread up here that, that we'll be talking about in a bit. All right, well, so uh, I just can't wait. I can't wait for the Desha- the Deshaun Watson pop-off game, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Let's jump into the next game. Uh, we have the 6-3 and three Dolphins at the 3-6 and six Broncos. Uh, this is an interesting game for a couple of, like, trends of the season. Drew Locke uh, was way too hyped up prior to the season. Uh, I don't care what you say. Uh, he's proven that. And the Dolphins, man, I, I'm just gonna get out of the way now. I think we're all pick. I think we're all picking the same team. I, I'm pay, I'm certainly picking the Dolphins without a doubt. Uh, this team is a this team is a freight train going 200 miles per hour, and there's and the Broncos are are, are a stingy wooden wall. Uh, this is this is a this is a Dolphins win. That's all I'll say. I'm taking the Dolphins as well. I do want to say though, as far as Drew Locke goes. It does hurt to lose your number one wide receiver in Cortland Sutton, and that has been a big, big, big problem for him this season. I think he'll be a lot better next year when he gets Sutton back. I'm going to take the Dolphins here, though. I would love to be wrong about this game. I don't think I will be. Dolphins are going to win this one. See, the thing is, though, like about Drew Locke, right, is the way people were talking about him last year is like a really – like almost an elite-level quarterback. And we talk about those quarterbacks, wide receiver play does not not matter – 
with a quarterback of that level. So I think that's why I still would say Drew Locke is overrated uh, in this one for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I've certainly come off the Drew Locke hype train. I was very high on him coming into the year, and then he isn't he's a turnover machine. He's he's what he's what we thought Daniel Jones was, to be completely honest. And uh yeah, Leo just saw who the Sixers took, Tyrese Maxey. Can't wait to see who the Lakers take tonight, right, guys? Uh what's up? We know how to draft. At least one of my teams knows how to draft. Let's actually two of my teams know how to draft, but let's go. I was anyway. gonna say I was going to say the Phillies know how to draft. What am I talking about? But anyways. <laughs> Mickey Modia. Uh, uh, Alec Baum. <laughs> yes, great pick. Anyways, yes. uh, yeah, Miami Dolphins. I, right. I think I Easy. think they're going to win the division. I I would love to see that. I, I can't. I, I, no, it's not that I would love to see that because I, I, I like Brian the Bills. I, I like the Bills. Yeah. Yeah, I love Brian Flores. I like the Bills. I'm also very on the record. And if you don't think I'm pulling up the Sports Nerds in the Morning podcast – from from early in 2019 of when I said the Dolphins would be the first team to win the division after Tom Brady or Bill Belichick leaves, you're you're crazy. You're out of your mind. Uh, and you're out of your mind if you think I'm not pulling up the clip of me on Sports Nerds in the morning saying that the Bills would win the division in 2020. Sure. All right. Cool. We got we got something to look forward to. Uh, I think the, the Dolphins are like Leo said, they're a freight train running right now. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the Miami Dolphins offense really struggles this week which I don't think they will. And that defense is on the field for too long in the altitude. Could that bite them in the butt? Because if they end up playing like how, if their offense plays like how they did against the Rams, it could be problematic. I don't think they will. I'm going to take the Dolphins here. All right. Sorry. I was just, I got, I love Kentucky products. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's. It's going to be pretty good. This, let's keep this uh, moving here. We all picked the Dolphins. Next game, I, for once, I'm excited to talk about this team. The New York Jets at the 2-7 and seven Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert, your haircut's disgusting. That's all I'm going to say to kick this one off. Uh, Josh? Hot ta- no, no, no. Hot take season, oh, baby. Give me up. the Jets outright. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Feed me the Jets over the Chargers. Okay, the Chargers mess up everything. It's known to man. You know what they're going to mess up? They're going to mess up this game because you know what I remember? I remember watching this Chargers team just absolutely fall to the 0-14 Browns, and this just gives me the same exact vibes. I the Chargers believe. will lose this game. Feed me the Jets. Let's go. Hey, hey Josh, Josh, you know how I always say that your, your biasy on the Bills does things? This is the same thing but anti-Charger biasy. And I've been right. I, you have, but this is this yeah. is something. This is something else, man. I I'm picking the bolts. There's no way I pick the Jets. It I'm is sorry. so hard to go 0 16. So hard. I I I can't pick. I can't. If it weren't Justin Herbert, maybe I can't pick as the bolts. Justin I'm Herbert sorry. has one win. He has one win. I know, but it's it's not it's not really his fault. No, it's not. 100 percent is not. But it doesn't matter. He has one win. Right, I'm gonna let Josh because I, I know Josh is agreeing with me here. Please, Josh, save me. Go. <laughs> J-E-T. Are you kidding me? Suck, suck, suck. Oh, I'm taking God. the Chargers here, no question. The Jets are terrible. Me. They're going 0-16. There's no doubt in my mind this could be what – this is probably the worst football team I've ever seen. No. I just think they're so bad in every which way. Adam Gase, the fact that he still has a job is the most mind-boggling thing I've seen in all of my life watching sports. 
Adam Gase is the worst football coach I've ever seen to have a head coaching position. There's no way the Jets win this game. Give me the Chargers. Wait, let me just let me say. So since Bill O'Brien's been fired, I think this is a, a, a correct statement to say this is a matchup between the two worst coaches in the NFL right now. Yes. Yes. No. Who's, who's worse? Who's, who's worse than Anthony Lynn? What makes you think Anthony Lynn is not a great coach? The fact oh. that the Chargers are two and seven with Justin oh. Herbert. He's a bad team. You, he's not a no, team no. coach. Josh, he's not Josh, the second worst coach. Josh, listen, Josh. Now that you are back on the West Coast and the Chargers game will actually be televised for you. You need to watch this team play. Yes. Look, I, I'm they also a little so bit biased because I love Anthony Lynn. I know where he came yeah, from. He's no. a good running backs coach in yeah, Buffalo. 100%. Good offensive coordinator. Oh, my God. This is yeah. Bill's bias. See? What is the it? hell? What no, the heck right. is happening? But, but, but listen, he's right on this. Anthony Lynn was a great running back coach. In and a great offensive coordinator. Sure. Yeah. And then he came to the Chargers, and it's just it just hasn't worked. He's had the most talent. He's had some of the most talent in, in all of football. And they just haven't won. They made the playoffs that one season and they, they got a win against, you know, the Lamar Jackson show because their defense and Gus Bradley came in with a great game plan, absolutely shut down Lamar Jackson. And they got absolutely ran over by the Patriots who ended up scoring 13 points in that Super Bowl. So I, I, who, so name, name a yeah. worse coach. Name, name, Lynn. name a worse coach. And then besides I'll, Gase, but you can't say Gase. Yeah. Who's the worst coach than, Anthony Lynn right now. Say Pete Carroll, I believe you. No. No, that Dom, calm down. Matt Patricia. He's up there. But I think your team, he's taking a Lions team that significantly has less talent. They're about to be, they have four wins. Yeah, they're about to be 500 if our picks go go our way. Well, no, Josh picked the the Panthers. Okay, well, I meant, okay, my pick. Matt Patricia's a worse coach. Um, I. Honestly, Joe Judge and eh, Joe Judge isn't bad. Joe Judge is—it's his first year, and he has—he's yeah. gonna he's, win the division with garbage. Okay, settle down. He's I gonna mean, win the worst division ever with garbage. Right. Yeah. But yes, I still—I I, I split the same podcast. I still think the Eagles are gonna win my other division. By the way, I don't agree with this Giants talk. Just throwing it out in the world. All right. Enough um, about Anthony Lynn. I'm taking the Chargers here. You might well, not thank God you're seeing good yeah. enough coach to beat the down to beat the darn Jets. I am taking the Chargers here, no question. Adam Gase needs to be fired and should never have another job in the NFL. Head coaching job. Head coaching job. No, job. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> a bit extreme. Uh, anyways, next game is you know these teams have a couple more wins in the win column. Uh, it's it's a good one. Packers at the Colts. Packers played down to their competition last week with the Jags. Uh, and the Colts coming off that great win Thursday night. They get a lot of extra rest. This is a really interesting game. This is a hard game for me to pick. Dom, I'm going to go to you first here for this one. What are you thinking? Because I know you're high on the Colts. Yeah. This is also say, Aaron Rodgers. Who, who do you think? I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to ride okay. with my, I'm gonna ride with my own Phillip. I'm going to ride with, you know, a top two defense in the NFL uh, in the Colts. And their offense has been a little bit more dynamic now that Michael Pittman has showed up. He's been – uh, a very good wide receiver for them so far. And I think that defense is going to stifle the Packers offense that we've really seen struggle these past couple of weeks. Give me the Colts. Josh. I'm taking the Colts as well. We've talked a lot about coaches in the last couple of minutes. Let's talk a little bit more about coaches. I love Frank Reich. I've said it a hundred times. Frank Reich is one of the best coaches in this league. I think he's going to win this game for them coming off of a big win. You could lose your head a little bit, especially with a little extra time off of the Thursday night game. 
Frank Reich is going to keep that squad intact, keep them hungry, keep them ready to go into this Packers game. I love the Colts here. Josh, why do you love Frank Reich? Because he's a great coach. Because he was the Bills quarterback. He's also a great coach. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, Josh is actually right. Uh, Frank Reich is – now it's now coming to light more with how Doug has been struggling to coach. Uh, Frank Reich is is might be the biggest yeah. reason that and, we won our Super Bowl. And it's funny because Frank Reich was an awful offensive coordinator with Philip Rivers on the Chargers, and now he's he's been very good with the Colts so far. I mean that Colts team was almost a playoff team last year with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Yep. All right, so I actually looked something up about this. Uh, uh, no matter, I I figured this out. I have not pick the right winner in a Colts game, a game with the Colts yet on this podcast. Fun fact. Oh. So, so I am literally leaving up to a coin flip. We're going to do it right here. Uh, heads is uh, heads is Packers, tails is Colts. We're going to do it. Because I have no luck with this. All right, cool. I'm going with the Packers. I can't pick a Colts game. No matter what I say out loud, I can't pick a Colts game. So I'll be taking the Packers on a coin flip. Uh, <laughs> yes, I just did that. Uh, Josh. Anyways, we're going to go to our next segment. We've got the Cowboys at the Vikings. Uh, no Gucci Danucci, I don't think so. He's, uh, God, hope I don't. Oh, yeah. Andy Dalton will be starting this game. Andy Dalton is finally back. The Vikings coming off a, a win, a good win, a good win that I, uh, I, I didn't we all pick the win. Vikings? How can you say anything about that game was good? Because it was a divisional, it was a divisional opponent. They had to go into Chicago and win it. I mean, I saw. I'm going to give you a good to decent win if you're beating a Chicago team in a good defense. The leader in passing yards for the Bears in the second half of that game. You know who it was? I, it was I I'm very aware, but it's it still was a, Tyler Bray who came in with less than a minute left and went one of five for 18 yards. <laughs> look, it, look, he was yeah. their second half passing leader. I didn't know I, that. <laughs> It's, okay, it's still, do, it's still do not a call win. that a good win for the Vikings. The Bears yeah, it is. is just so bad. And their defense is elite. Yeah. And it's a divisional game on the road in Chicago, cold Monday night. That is a good win. It was a decent win. Decent. I'm, I'm not going to go any further than that. But I am closer to winning my bet with another friend that I said the Bears would finish last in the division. Uh, so good on that. that this, was a, this was a big pickup because if the Bears won, this game is basically over. Uh, yeah. Let's just get this game out of the way. We're all picking the Vikings and Dalvin Cook to smash, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that's fine. We can just move on. I almost, I almost wanted to drop a hot take Dalvin Cook 200 rushing yards, but the Jets one was going to be better. I kind of like that hot take. I'm gonna lie. I really like that. Uh, can, I, he, hold on, can, can I split my hot takes? Can I give two and then uh, – You can parlay it. No, I'm not going to parlay it, no. Okay. Well, then you can't, you can't split it. Okay, no. fine. That's fine. You can parlay it. I'm not parlaying them. <laughs> Unless I get five. <laughs> if, if I get both of them, can I get five? You get four. But I want five. No, but you got to give them five. Oh, five. Okay. Do you, uh, do you, I'd say no. If you're going to do yes. that, I'll probably do it with you. No, no, no. What's his No, uh, I'll, I'll just take Jets. Okay. I would let you parlay it for five. I would. I would have. Good I, to know for the future, though. I mean, I just wanted Dom to do more parlays because he, he got screwed on his parlay last time, remember? Uh, with the yes yeah yeah all right anyways uh that is gonna get us to the sunday night football game here uh divisional matchup again uh this is this is the chiefs at their one playing the team that they their only loss on the season they're traveling to las vegas uh this is chiefs raiders josh what are you thinking with this game i know how you feel about the raiders so i want to hear what you have to say 
I love the Las Vegas Raiders. I've said, I almost just said Oakland. I love the Las Vegas Raiders. I've said that throughout this entire season that I think they're going to be a 10-win team that makes the playoffs. However, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are the next dynasty in the National Football League. And dynasties do not lose two games to the same team in the same season. You saw that with New England in the past 20 years. They never did that. And I don't think the Chiefs do that here. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Chiefs. Well, first off, they never did that because their division sucked. Yes. Uh, they also played teams in the postseason who they played in the regular season, but yes. Yeah, that too, for sure. Uh, so he, here's where I stood on this game. Coming into the week, you know, I, I make my picks on Sunday night after the game and, you know, tentatively set them, and I picked the Chiefs. And then on Monday, there was COVID news that basically the entire Kansas City Chiefs offensive line had to quarantine because of a close contact. And so then I switched my my pick to the Raiders. And then, of course, the next day, the Raiders had a huge COVID outbreak within their team. And I'm now switching my pick back to the Kansas City Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs. Josh, what's your reaction to about Leonard, Leandro Bolmero? I don't even know who that is. How do you not take a point guard? I just don't understand anything this organization does. You got to – I'm sorry. If they give up assets for Russell Westbrook, I quit. (laughs) I just Uh, quit. James Dolan Dolan has cursed this team. All I want is for the Mets to win the World Series in the next three to five years, like Steve Cohen said. Okay. Just so that Steve Cohen can be like, you know what? I did that. Now I'm going to buy the Knicks. You think James Dolan's ever going to sell the Knicks? That's crazy. He's going to have to croak over and oh, die. Oh, he, he, he's the Argentinian guard. He's not a point guard. He's a shooting guard. Well, why don't you start Barrett at the one? He's what do you mean, no? A, he's not a good shooter. That's where he'd be at his strength. He's not a good enough passer to play the one. Yeah, okay. That's – that's. oh, God, Josh, that's like that's like his best thing, man. <laughs> no, it's not. His best thing is, like, getting the hoop. And I Honestly, he's pretty darn good defensively, too. Yeah. I'm sorry about offensive stuff. Anyways, who cares about the Knicks except for Josh? Uh, I don't care about the Knicks. I just can't do it anymore. They're so bad. They're so bad. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm just kidding. Leo, Chiefs for you as well? Yeah, no way. Pick the Raiders. Look, this is going to be a fun game again, but uh, they're not going to get caught off guard like that again. Andy Reid doesn't get caught off guard like that again. Um, that's the Sunday night game. We have one more game, Monday night football. Uh, this is this is going to be fun. I, I Dom alluded to some fun with this game. Uh, he'll be going last because it, it is the Rams. It is Rams at Buccaneers. Uh, Josh, if you'd like to go first here, what are you thinking with this game? This is an interesting one for sure in the NFC. I'm back in Dahmer's boys here. I think that the Rams looked fantastic against Seattle last week. I still have that 38-3 to image in my head from two weeks ago against the Saints. I know the Saints are hot right now, but, I mean, yeah, they beat Carolina. Carolina's been struggling. I haven't seen enough out of the box to prove that they're able to beat these great teams since that Packers game where, honestly, the Packers just gave up after that pick six that Rodgers threw early in that second quarter. Maybe it was the first quarter, I don't remember. But I'm taking the Rams. I just don't think the Bucs are as good as people think they are, and I've been saying it all year. Um, I'll be taking the Bucks to bounce back. Sorry, Dom. This offense is too talented. They they flashed it 
heavily against the Carolina Panthers. Who do, are you know? I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna say they're on par with that. The Rams defense. They're nowhere close. They're nowhere close. But Chris Godwin is look, getting healthy. Mike Evans healthy. I, I like their offense a lot. I think their defense is a bounce back game against Goff. Uh, it's gonna be close. I will take the Bucks. I see the Rams arguments. Dom, Rams segment is yours now. I will be taking the Rams this week. Now, my concern about this game is the offensive line. And the Buccaneers' defense has been beat up over the past couple of weeks. They performed very well in the second half against the Carolina Panthers. But like I already mentioned earlier, Carolina Panthers have not had their bye. They are not at their best 100%. And when teams come off their bye, normally takes them a little bit to get into it, and then they return to you know their normal form. And I think that will happen with the Buccaneers. But the Buccaneers – will be seven and four because the Rams are a very physical football team. And I think that their defense is going to absolutely dominate an injured offensive line. You're looking at arguably the best defense in the NFL right now, because the defensive line, which is what I highlighted going into the year was going to be the strength of the team. And it has. And then to complement that you've seen an extremely high level performance from these cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey, who should be the defensive player of the year at this point. And you're, you're going to look at me and say, what are you talking about, Dom? You know what's, who was the defensive player of the year last year? Stephon Gilmore. Jalen Ramsey's been better than Stephon Gilmore has been to this point so far. Jalen Ramsey has just clamped everyone. He's going to limit Mike Evans this week. And then Darius Williams, who has four, if not five interceptions, I'm not sure, has just been absolutely unbelievable. And he's going to lock down Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. I have full faith in this team. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think the Rams are going to do everything to help Joseph Noteboom, who's going to be filling in at left tackle for Andrew Whitworth, who was a left tackle at TCU in college, so he has some experience there. That's where they want him to be in the future. I think the Rams are going to be fine. Uh, We'll see if the offense can finally figure it out in the red zone. They still haven't, and it's still a concern. I'm going to take the Rams here. I think they're playing great football right now, very confident football team. Sean McVay is going to come in ready to beat the Buccaneers after the absolute disaster that happened last year. All right. Emphatic, emphatic pick for the Rams. That's going to do it for the split team podcast episode 11 back in back. Everyone back on the Western side of the U S we do have final thoughts. Uh, We'll be going with to that now, Josh, final thoughts, go ahead and run with it. Final thoughts. Wow. I got a lot of them. Um, let's, I guess, best thing coming up this week. It's Jameis time, baby. You don't know what's going to happen when he's on the field, but it's always fun. And I'm looking forward to watching Jameis Winston play a full game this week. It's going to be fun. All right. That's Josh. Jameis Winston eat, eat some W's this weekend. Hopefully we're looking to see it. Dom, final thoughts. I have two final thoughts. One, you're going to be, well, it's, One, you're going to be looking at the AFC East as one of the best division races in football when the Dolphins are tied. It's going to go down to the wire. It's going to come down to that Week 17 matchup between the Dolphins and the Bills. That's going to be Sunday Night Football in Week 17, no question. Probably. Uh, And the other thing is you're going to be looking at three teams in the NFC as the favorites following this week. One, the New Orleans Saints are going to be 8-2. and The Arizona Cardinals are going to be the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. And the Los Angeles Rams are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Those are going to be your three teams that you're going to be looking at as the favorites. 
All right. Uh, my final thoughts can kind of allude to Dom's here. Look, you, the NFC West is going to be one great show to watch the rest of the season. You need to be watching these teams every week, see how it pans out. Nobody cares about the NFC North. We know how that's going to go with the Packers. Nobody cares about the NFC least. NFC South, definitely interesting as well with the Saints, but NFC West is where it's at once again. There's a very real scenario where three teams make the three teams make the postseason out of this, and you need to watch Thursday night football. You got to watch the Rams, and, you know, the Niners are on by. But NFC West, watch all those games. This has been the Split the Seam Podcast, Episode 11. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you all next week.